It's full moon day, and we had an idea, I think, a couple of months ago to do full moon Fridays, men's groups, um, but then we just didn't have the space on a Friday <laughs> to do full moon Friday men's groups. But today's Thursday, it's two o'clock. Once a month, maybe rising to twice a month, we're going to do live men's groups. And today, it's your first ever men's group, isn't it? It is, yeah. How exciting. Very exciting. Especially the initiation bit. Hope you've got clean undies on. And um, what... <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what the conversation was before this, so I'm starting to get quite nervous. <laughs> oh, should we close the door? Is it all right? I think we can leave the door open because it's just a bit of air would be nice. It I is think. a bit hot. It does get a bit hot after a while, so... So the first thing we do with the men's groups is kind of sit in a circle, which we have the six of us got the ground rules, anything to add or change or take away. You can downroll, download and check out the ground rules at mensgroups.co.uk and the check and round and everything else video so you can run your own group. So anything to add, take away or haggle with the ground rules? Anybody? No, 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 not at all. I feel like as the Jew in the room, I have to haggle something. So, You've been watching too much Monty Python. I have been watching too much Monty Python. <laughs> Bertie's wearing a Monty Python shirt today, so yes, I, thought, I had to hang with something. But no, I'm I'm good with the rules. Yeah. Okay. So then the next thing we do is two minutes. So the whole point about everyone agreeing to the ground rules is it's our group. We're all taking ownership, and we're all going to play nicely. And playing not nicely is playing bigger than safe to find an edge and maybe grow. And also there is the ground rule that says pass, so there's no pressure either. Um, we usually we do two minute silence. Shall we do one minute silence? Is that boring radio? We can do two minutes if you want. Really? Yes. No, okay, no, I've no. got my, what? Do one minute. Yeah, one. It's the camel bell as well. I forgot my proper bell bell. Right, here we go. So look at you. What are you grinning about? You expect the worst, don't you? <laughs> I don't know what to expect, actually. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so the next thing we do is the check-in round. Um, are you cool to start? Because you're the newbie, then you've got lots of time to stew and fantasize and re rehearse your lines and everything, knowing that none of it will make sense or be remembered when it's your turn anyway. <laughs> fine with that good yeah I'm fine to, to start out so the, 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 I just, the okay yeah go on go on alright brilliant just to say as well thanks to you I've got Joan Arbitrading going on in my head guess what she's singing go on you'll know this oh I don't know accent come on the old boys here we go <laughs> the old boys See, I, I don't know all the way from America <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, I remember that. I have, <laughs> oh, Vaguely. I think it, oh, okay, brilliant. So this is the check-in round, okay. So um, my name is Adrian Kaoli Lathan. Um, I feel excited to be here uh, today. What I want from this group is the opportunity to engage more with uh, men's issues in particular. Uh, my age is 36. My Chinese sign is, I'm the year of the pig. And my Western size sign is Aries Pisces. Um, my sexuality is straight. I am with a partner. Uh, the last time I cried is, ooh, um, watching, a, watching a movie. That must have been last week. Watching a couple of movies. It was like a couple in a row. Uh, I think it was Disney Pixar. I was like, why? Uh, what? Up, I, uh, up is, uh, oh man, that one will get you. Yeah. I was like, come on. <laughs> scenes or certain it's things the first, happening? It's the beginning scene. Is no, it's it, are you really? kidding? Like the whole beginning of that movie is just like, oh my oh, heart. I can't wait. I yeah. Oh wow. Cool. Have you not seen Up? No, no. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful cool. storytelling. Really sweet. Um, the last time I ejaculated was yesterday. Uh, my greatest fear right now. Greatest fear right now. I'm feeling pretty fearless at the moment. I feel like I've gone through the ringer and I'm just like coming out the other side, just just in action. So that's that's great. Good one there. Um, I hate. Gosh, what do I hate right now? Um, I hate being in inaction, like <laughs> procrastination. Mm. I hate it when I find myself procrastinating. Um, I love my fiance, Julia, and I am, I'm here, I'm, I'm present, I'm, I'm ready to go. Welcome. Thank you. In a nutshell as well, because um, it's been a few, the last time we hung out was when they filmed that uh, men's group. Yes. Months, months and months ago. And that's yeah. out, I think, as a documentary in September. What's been going on? Because you make films and stuff, and you've yeah. landed in the UK, and you're getting to know everyone and get on the scene and stuff. What's the latest in a nutshell? Um, well, in a nutshell, I mean, when I first... It's only been about a year, a year and a, and a, and a couple of months since I arrived in the UK. Um, I have a background in film, but I also have a background in, like, events. One way or another, it's storytelling, social impact storytelling. How do mm -hmm. I tell stories that can progress the world or benefit the world in some way, shape, or form? And, um, and since events is a major part of what I was doing, immersive theater, that's mainly what I've been doing, and I've been trying to break into the film industry. What I've discovered, however, about London is that it takes a while to break into things. Um, although I have a CV, which I'm, you know, I have been quite proud of, and I've been sort of shipping it around. It's I've discovered it's less about what you know and more about who you know. Yeah. And so it's um, it's so I've really just been in the process of networking. Still been applying for different jobs with media, digital media companies, and stuff like that. But. Um, but but yeah, but really been just networking with people. I mean, the downside is, you know, cash being tight. The mm -hmm. upside has been really having an opportunity to fine tune a bit better what it is that I want to be doing. I mean, in a big city coming, I come from Bermuda. Um, and for those who are listening, my accent's all over the place. It's part <laughs> Canadian, part Bermudian, part all sorts of stuff. Um, but but yeah, being in a big city is the opportunity to actually focus in and zone in some on some things. And so I've been taking a lot of the sort of social impact storytelling work I was doing and then focusing on uh, social change and behavioral change. And so I've been doing a lot of research into that and trying to find some 
agency, partic agencies, particularly communications agencies, that might be able to use my skills um, in you know filmmaking, conflict resolution, events, etc., in the work they're doing for like positive and healthy behavioral change. So that's that's where I'm focused on. That's why I'm feeling sort of focused at mm -hmm. the moment, um, especially because I stepped away from the morals of like peace and conflict studies, which I studied, mm -hmm. the morals of good and bad, into this idea of health, which might be an interesting thing to talk to you about, um, because this idea of what I think health is, I think it's it's less moral, if that makes sense. Uh, if you're a smoker, you probably know that smoking is not good for your health, and yet you continue to smoke. And so I'm very interested in how do you shift those behaviors if you know something is bad and still do it. Mm. You know, we're still polluting the planet, although climate change is happening. So how do we... How do we um, mm -hmm. actually make those changes? So that's in a nutshell. That's where I'm at at the moment. <laughs> cool. And um, before the end, or maybe at the end, or something, we, uh, what do you call those things? LinkedIn or web address? Or oh yeah, so absolutely. Everyone knows where to find all of us and stuff. Cool. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Over Thanks you, for having though. me here. Pleasure. Oh me. All right. Uh, are you in this group? You are, aren't you? Because you're in two minds. Looks like already. it. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I kind of ended up. I realised that the like the opposite of where I wanted to wanted to sit, I wanted more of a position like James's, where it's just like you can hide away. And now I feel like I'm at the head of the table. <laughs> you're right, right in the camera, right, exactly. Yeah, so you're the star. <laughs> Come hide around here if you want, don't mind. We can share the seat. Yeah. <laughs> Stick here for a bit. Keep your buttock away from me. <laughs> so yeah, my name is Bertie. Uh, Right now, I feel, um, I don't know how I feel. I feel okay. I, it's not much of a feeling. I feel, I'm quite, in, I'm enjoying the group. I'm enjoying it already. Um, so I'm enjoying that. I'm also, I guess, a bit raw. Uh, it's been a, just a very up and down few days. It feels like I've experienced kind of most emotions that, humans like can possibly experience mm. um from like quite a heavy kind of depressive episode to just like angry energetic um i don't know like zestiness <laughs> um so yeah all, all sorts really um and i it feels like i'm coming out the the other end now so but. you've been Blissed out as well as on a downer. Yeah. So you've been all over the place up and down. Yeah. Does this happen to you generally when there's a full moon or there's no pattern like that? Um, I do. Stuff does tend to come up, yeah, actually, around a full moon or in some kind of monthly cycle. Mm. Um, mm. This is our bloke cycle, eh? I mean, mm. menstrual cycle with men is, is it's like it's a woman thing. So I guess we should call this one Moonstrel. <laughs> but I, I noticed this so much with blokes over the years. Um, and with my phone, my God, I've got like half a dozen people to phone. Um, and it just, when there's a full moon or the few days before the full moon, I find that blokes get um, insecure. There's a lot of mm. like vulnerability come up. And I guess, you know, if it's all huge percentage of water that we are, then it's the emotions and the unconscious and the whatever it is, but blokes get. And with that also comes a lot of like anger to protect the sadness, to protect the insecurity or short fuse because it's all like manic. 
and you know and on the underground generally few days before the moon i'd try and avoid it because it's just a little bit too alcoholic a little bit too sexual and i'm a decent married man <laughs> oh my god well, anyway you were saying <laughs> yeah um and yeah definitely like short fuse as well it's like and people there was there's been like three times today where i've just been like why why is this person pissing me off so much mm. like, there's one, one guy i was like having lunch and he sat next to me on the bench and it looked like he was looking at me you know he was kind of I didn't, I didn't actually check if he was looking at me, so it could have just been my imagination, but mm. just like, are you seriously looking at me like this whole time? I was there for like 10, 15 minutes, and I'm, I could have sworn he was looking at me. And I, I was really glad when he got up and left, but then another guy sat down, and he was even more annoying. <laughs> he was like making, he was like going, mmm, and I don't know, it, was, it wasn't like, it was like non-specific like grunts, and... <laughs> Uh, and then he was eating his food and he was chewing really loudly with his mouth open. Oh my God, that really pisses me off. That was, that was so difficult. That was <laughs> one of the hardest parts of today, dealing with that. Um, so that's how I feel. Uh, what I want from the group is um, nothing in particular, I think. Just hang out and share and listen. Um, I'm 26... My Chinese sign is monkey, Western sign is Capricorn. Um, my sexuality is straight, I'm single. Uh, last time I cried yesterday, I was just crying and crying and crying. And the movie you recommended set me off the once, once, once we're warriors. Once we're warriors. Oh, oh, wow. What a oh. movie. Oh my god. That's a heavy film. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen that in a while. Oh man. Have you not seen it? New Zealand yeah. movie. Oh, heavy. Real yeah. bloke Full movie. On. Yeah. Heavy. Yeah. And then after that, I was just watching hacker videos. You know, the like the Maori dance? Maori, yeah. Yeah, on YouTube. And something about it just like set me off. Mm. Something about the kind of like the passion of it or like. It's just so moving, such yeah. a thing to watch. Mm. I never thought I'd be moved by something like that, but I found mm. it incredibly moving. Um, when you cried, was it good cry? Was it, thank God that's passing, what a relief? Or was it, oh, I shouldn't be doing this? Or, you know, wh where were you with that? Um, maybe it was at first, and then after a bit, it was just like the same as breathing. It was just like, it's just coming, <laughs> it's like part of life now. I'm just going to be constantly crying. Did you think for the rest of your life or just like for the afternoon? No, but yeah, for the afternoon. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sounds like bliss. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last time I ejaculated was yesterday. My greatest fear, greatest fear right now. Mm, I think it's the, the same one as last time, which was just like saying something during this live recording that I'll regret mm. and it's forever tarn tarnished my name <laughs> would you like to play safe because it's being recorded so think about things and then if you decide that you want to say something even though the moment's passed then say it late or say pass and play safe and then say it later because it's being yeah. recorded this is just like Bonkers, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I'm doing that Good. smart anyway. Um, I hate, uh, 
I think I talked about it. That guy, the two guys on the bench, <laughs> noisy chewers, yeah, mm. eating everything they did, open. looking at me. <laughs> uh, I love. Mm, I did a mixed martial arts class last night, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, so I think that's going to be. I've, I was already doing. Um, I've done a lot of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but I haven't done the mixed martial arts, which is like a combination of boxing and Muay Thai and, and as well as Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And then I just I just love it. And mm. it's amazing how like the people, they're always just like the most friendly people as well, the most down-to-earth people. So chill. Fighters yeah. always are. Like, yeah. Real martial artists, It's there's discipline there. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's, yeah. It's and like... Respect and honor and all of those things. Yeah. Does is it always it, surprise you though, like just how... You mean how how chilled they are and like how nice they are? Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. Who do you, who are you rolling with? Who are you? Oh, we went to fight zone. Fight gym. zone. Okay. Yeah. Not yeah. allowed to say that. Oh, yes, you are. Uh, oh, oh, really? As long as, you, as long as you're not bad mouthing them. Oh, oh, I see. Uh, yeah, so we can big people, people up. You can big people up, of course. Because well, I'm, I'm, I'm curious brilliant. too. Because I Free go to publicity. Urban Kings. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and those guys are lovely. Love, mm. it, and it's such so great to be around like men who are like you know mm. who are respectful of mm. each other. Yeah, it's just such a positive environment. Yeah. I wonder if it's because they have a relationship with their strength and their power and their anger and their expression and all of that, and it's properly contained, that enables them to relate without this baggage or you know, crap in their head because they mm. beat crap out of each other. I don't think, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's contained, it's almost released, if you know what I mean, and it's yeah. released in a In, in a, a proper way. way, in a healthy yeah. way, exactly. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you see people going all out, like, you know, really like, you know, kicking, especially on pads and stuff, mm. going like full out. So you release all that, that energy, but you're not, but even when you're sparring, you're not trying to kill each other, mm. you know, but you, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's it's a fine line, isn't it? Mm. Because I know there can be some people, you know, if you walk into certain gym environments where you're like, oh gosh, it's a bunch of posing and posturing, and mm. and yeah. Mm. So I sometimes walk into a gym environment and walk right back out again. I'm like, mm. I don't have time well, for I negative think, testosterone. I think that's, <laughs> that's the difference between like a gym environment and almost I don't know what you call it a dojo and yes, a dojo. dojo. Yeah, yeah. There's a, it's a di very different yeah. culture. It's not it about is. who's the toughest. It's about like let's learn kind of thing. But there's do there's dojos like that as well. Of there course, are, yeah. 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 there are ego centered dojos. You can see them. You can spot <laughs> yeah. them a mile off. Yeah, I normally go for you when smell. you come in fresh. Yeah. As a, you know, if you're changing clubs or you're just moving around, mm. you can tell if there's an ego center there because they'll go for you. Mm. Uh, but the nice mm. clubs, the good dojos, are, are not like that at all. Yeah, yeah. have uh, you been involved with that kind of thing? Yeah, I used to um, practice karate for about 20 years until um, I broke my wrist. And I just kind of figured that I couldn't really uh, carry on at that level um, properly in a way that I was happy. So I stopped. Was that a downer, um, losing that after 20 years? Um, actually, in some respects, I, I was ready to move on. So mm. I started doing stuff like Tai Chi, uh, martial Tai Chi. Mm. So it's uh, much less kind of uh, combat. Um, so we used to do tournaments and stuff like that. So I realized that I got to an age where mm. in my late 30s, I was thinking, well, I can't really be going this. I mean, a couple of my mates from university, they're, they're still going. 
and uh, Gareth, uh, one of my best friends, uh, he he just became world champion in his in his fifties. Wow. Yeah, so oh. so he obviously going through an age group thing. So he's fifty to sixty. Yeah, but he just became world champion uh, in the fifty to sixty group. So wow. uh, I thought, you know, that's pretty cool. You know, mm. he's carried on. He's one of the guys that's uh, persevered with it. So. Actually, we met because we were doing some pretty deadly oh. martial arts. Oh, that was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst experience for a long time. I don't know whether you want to explain that. Go on, go on. We're going to come back to it. Come back to it. It's halfway through your uh, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, come yeah, back yeah, to yeah. it, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember it. <laughs> that, was, that was what I love. Uh, and... Um, the difficult one. Uh, I am looking forward to being out the other side of this full moon, basically, mm. and um, yeah, kind of letting go. I guess a lot of um, old stuff from my past, and like, or just like, even my life up until now, it feels like I'm shedding a skin, kind of in a way. Mm. Um, that's what it felt like. And that's me. Thank you. Just to big you up a little bit, you are looking quite big today. Am I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, Thank I, you. I can tell you were doing some sort of exercise yesterday because you're looking quite broad. I'm, I'm yeah. sure that guy on the bench wouldn't have wanted to mess with you. I'm sure he wasn't. No, looking. yeah. Unless he, unless he was looking for unless a Unless he was looking for a different yeah. reason. Well, for a different reason. Well, oh, yeah. they mess with him in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> right. My name is Kenny. I feel kind of relieved to sit here, actually, to hang out with you lot. It's been a little bit mad. It's been... It's like... It's not like me these days, but it was like me for years when I was younger to wake up and panic. And I hate it. Feeling fearful or feeling overwhelmed or feeling scared or just not feeling right and it happened for what two three days or something and it's like and i haven't wanted to get rid of it i wanted to be with it and to know it and to let it pass because otherwise i kind of feel like i'd be suppressing it and pushing it down or feeding it or but yeah it's been there um and there's been a, a lot in the last couple of weeks especially going on with a lot of men that I know private clients group men you know in the whatsapp groups and what it's just been so full-on um, and then the meetings we've had and how much opportunities coming how much admin it's created and how much I hate computers so and death has been in the air I've come from a, a funeral right now and I wondered about going into the, the death zone either personal death or deaths around us. So I am seriously relieved to stop life, get off, sit here and just like take a look at it and think, who am I now uh, and how do I wish to proceed? And I feel the same as you. It's like I've run out of peddling for this cycle. It needs to go and I'm ready for a next cycle. Thank God, because I can't say that I've ever found it easy to get off the bike. I think I, I'm used to panic peddling without even realizing it and when that takes over it's like it's not my life anymore I'm, I'm not even in it anymore so yeah new zone what i want from this group is pretty much to hang out and to kind of like see who am i why am i here talking heads do 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 <laughs> same as it ever was uh i'm 50 
T4 and a little bit more than three quarters. Uh, Virgo, Dragon, Straight, Married. Last time I cried was earlier today. And it was like right in the beginning of the funeral. And to see people, men and women, um, going up to read a eulogy and not being able to get the words out and really feeling. Seeing my friend whose mother died and the way she's holding it together and what's going on for her. Just feeling feelings. It's a really lovely church. I was amazed at um, the collective emotion in the church because some funerals, I used to be an altar boy, some funerals it's like it's a bit of a joke and no one can wait for the sausage rolls. Um, some funerals are just so, I don't know, vulnerable, heart opening. Um, and there was, yeah, it was really going on. So, yeah, cried earlier. Uh, not a big boo-hoo. It was, you know, quite suppressed and polite. But, you know, maybe I'll watch that movie. I'll watch that movie and I'll have, do a big boo-hoo and empty it out and come oh, out man. the other oh, end nicer. Yeah, go for that. <laughs> exactly. Ejaculated. You know, even though it's at the full moon, it's been minutes. It's just ridiculous. Most full... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Few days. But anyway, greatest fear right now is that no one understands what I babble and I'm babbling quickly and the inner DJs take over and it just bounces from, you know, John Armour trading to Captain Sensible, etc. And you only speak in songs. Exactly. Exactly. Don't worry if it's not good enough for anyone else to hear. Anyway, um, I hate panic. I hate panic. Um, I think I used to run off panic. It's all I knew. I think it was an addiction, but I notice it now. Even now, there's something. It's like there's something going on and it needs to pass. I, I, I want to settle. I love being settled and chilled and having space to exist, to be rather than do. And I think this is why I'm so over the last cycle. And too much of it's been in front of computers. I love to be with people. I do not like being with emails and communications because, to be frank, and apologies to any, everyone who communicates with me, it turns into a task and it's no longer a people and I want you out of my inbox. It's not very nice and I know it's the way things work. I am babbling, so I'll pass it over. Have you got it on the phone or shall I pass you this computer? I think it's going to have to be the computer. Right. Mm. Oh, thanks for the new laptop. This is very nice. <laughs> so this is your second or third group? Third. Third. Yeah, because uh, we did one in, I want to say, like February, March? Yeah. And then we did the last one, didn't we? Last month. Last month, and then this month is the third one. Yeah. So, checking around. My name is James Edward Blake. I feel, I feel really sick. So apologies if I give any of you my cold, but I definitely have a cold at the moment. What I want from this group is a good show. I really want to hang out, really want to talk about some issues and just kind of enjoy myself. My age is 24. My Chinese sign is pig, like my fellow pig over there. Um, my Western sign is Aquarius. My sexuality is straight. I am single. The last time I cried was probably around about the time of the last men's group because when I went and saw my nan and the Alzheimer's is getting really bad. Uh. And it's quite a hard thing to deal with. Last time I ejaculated was, 
I think Sunday or Monday. It was very early in the morning. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I wasn't really sure, but yeah. Uh, my greatest fear right now is that I'm going to run out of energy because I'm a little bit sick and we got a uh, two hours. But the more we're doing, the more I seem to be getting perked up, which is nice. So I'm kind of in between that fear. I hate the fact that I'm sick and I'm not really my best and my back hurts and I kind of feel like I'm falling apart. It could be like you guys are talking about where it's the end of this cycle. I'm kind of getting a bit, a few aches and pains. I'm getting a bit cold, a bit of a sore throat. Maybe I just need to get it all out of me for the next cycle of things to come. Um, I love, you know, I had a chicken a scallop sandwich for lunch and I loved it. I know it's a bit superficial, but it's the small things that make you happy. And I am sick. I'm ill. So sick ugh. man as well. I'm sick. Sick man. Not in the, no, not in that way. No, but you are so you are sick these days. When I first met you, you weren't. You were quite annoying at times. No, I know. I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> but my God, the way that you've grown into yourself, I love it. You're good company. Oh, and thank you. thank you for doing this while being sick. That's right. I, get, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but I get paid to be here, so... How very, <laughs> very rude. Obviously, your wages ought to be split. Obviously, yeah, my wages ought to be split. But no, it's, um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a good thing. And like I said, when we were... Kevin was here, he got here really early. Mm. And he was like, we're doing the group today. And I thought, oh, no, I'm like, I'm really not up for this today. And I think, Birdie, you said the same thing when you walked in. I wasn't sure whether I was going to do it. Today. You weren't sure if you were going to do it either. But then I think kind of once we sat down... It's weird that you, I feel like you guys kind of lifted me up a bit and you're giving me a bit of energy. So we're I in feel, the zone. We're in the zone, yeah. We're kind yeah. of bouncing off each other and it's like I was setting up the microphones and I was doing it in super slow motion, you know what I mean? I was like... Uh, With tender love yeah. and care. Uh, yeah, I had a lot of silence when you remember it now. <laughs> it's like, James, can we do the Facebook Live? Do we hear you really have to? Do we have to? You know, and I really no, was. I was doing Facebook Live as well as a. Oh, that's yeah. 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 That's, that's no there. escape. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the world we live in now. Yeah. It's not yeah. just radio anymore. It has to be Facebook Live. It has to be YouTube Live. It so are you checking streams. comments as this happens, or are you just ignoring? Uh, I would. Steve Harris says hi, everyone. Oh, okay. cool. I've got it. I hear on my phone. Do we know Steve Harris? Um, yeah, he's a he's a viewer. He watches a lot of the shows. Oh, I, don't, cool. I don't know him personally, but he always chimes in and says hello. Excellent. So I always say hi back and ask how he's doing. Oh, good. Um, and Here's I to Steve. Shout out, wow. Steve. Exactly. <laughs> we don't do phone-ins for this show, but you guys can definitely, listeners, you can comment along and we can read out your comments. If you're listening on the website, you can go over to Facebook and leave comments and add to the conversation if you don't mind. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. And also, yeah. at some stage, we were talking about someone from the big bad world joining us online or something you know sometimes at the men's group especially with the close groups if people are abroad then it, they come in online but as it goes over to young kevin um yes my name is young kevin um <laughs> uh, kevin levers um i feel uh, pretty new today actually i feel very refreshed um and we're talking about full moon and you know i i have full moons that are very kind of powerful affect my emotions quite powerfully and they normally start several days before the full moon and so by the time the full moons happen i've got mo most of my emotions out of the way so it's, i always expect that mm. um and sometimes it can be quite difficult uh, whereas this full moon seems very clean 
Mm. Um, so maybe I did a lot of cleansing previous two or three ones, which feels like that. What do you mean by cleansing in what way? Um, I kind of felt as if I was shaking off a, a quite a bit of baggage, I mm. think. Um, and sometimes you can pinpoint that baggage and sometimes it's nondescript. You're not quite sure what you're crying or you're angry or you're frustrated about. And right, just passing emotions. It's just passing through. So, uh, so this month, thank God, it feels great. It feels very clean. Um, I feel as if um, I'm walking around a lot lighter. Um, and uh, so I'm very excited to be here today. I don't feel as if I'm going to burst into tears, but who knows? Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's always a fear of well. A fear of mine of, of crying in public really yeah because my 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 dad is he's a tough old miner so i, I was brought mm. up in that kind of tough minor i only i've only ever seen my dad cry once in his life and that was when our dog died wow um and uh, even when his mum died he just he he went off in the middle of the night and walked through the streets for hours wow. um and when i when i finally picked him up i went driving around to find him um he um uh, he just sort of greeted me as if you know, well, just he just popped out for a bite to eat or something. You know, it was mm. just no emotion at all. So, where uh, have you learned emotions from then? Where have I learned emotions from? Yeah. Um, I think I've just had to kind of get a bit more honest about them as time's gone by. I think it took me um, quite a number of years to kind of realise that I couldn't hold them all in. Mm. It's just very unhealthy um, mm. physically and mentally. So, um, so yeah. So I, I, I think I. Just looking forward to the conversation, sharing. I've never been part of a men's group before. I think it's pretty cool. Um, and, uh, you know, at the age of 53, 54 soon, um, I can't call that. I'm joining a men's group at this, this you know, <laughs> mellow age. Um, uh, Chinese sign, I think, is a snake. I'm not sure. Um, my Western sign is Libra, so I'm supposed to be all about balance and scales. Uh, my sexuality is straight. Um, I'm married uh, to Abigail with a eight-year-old son, Aragon. Um, and um, what a name! What a name! What a name! Aragon. A fan of Aragon. Lord of the Rings, so, <laughs> so everybody says Lord of the Rings, but no, it's it's a Spanish deriv uh, derivation. Um, and we knew we'd have a strong personality and before he was born, so we chose it, and it was perfect fit. Mm. Is that, is that from fit. the the old Spanish kingdom of yes. Aragon? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. as in Catherine Hoff. Yeah, Catherine, Catherine Hoff, yeah. Ah. Yeah, so uh, no Spanish connection, but it just feels right, you know. Yeah. He, and he's, he's, a, he's a hell of a personality, yeah. Wow, okay. yeah. <laughs> um, force of nature, that one. Uh, last time I cried was actually last night. Um, <laughs> we were watching, I'm slightly embarrassed by this, um, uh, My Fat Greek Wedding 2. Uh, <laughs> I could say there's nothing else on, but that's not true now. We've got Netflix and stuff, there's no excuse. So um, I think I'd, uh, I'd chosen Seven Years in Tibet and, and Abby just looked across at me and like, what are you doing? So I had to flick over and that was the only choice. So, uh, And the reason I cried was because... Um, Basically, um, if you've obviously not seen my fat Greek wedding two, I've seen the first one, not the second. Um, one. So the the far uh, um, obviously the, the the children get married or uh, the daughter gets married to a, a non Greek guy in in one. Oh, so yeah, yeah. In two, the parents have to get married. I don't know whether I don't know the backstory. Of this could be sort of caught it late, but hmm. so the older parents get remarried and. Um, 
uh, myself and Abigail are, are renewing our vows after 10 years marriage this week so mm. or next week rather and um, so so I got, I got a bit emotional about it um, wow. uh, because in the movie the uh, the children that that got married in, in one were doing their vows again in practice in a side room unbeknownst to the, the parents who were getting married in the main main church so I, we th- I thought it was kind of cool that that should come up wow. uh, a few days before we, we renew our vows so that was cool um, moving on the last time I ejaculated was a few days ago. Um, you could have said never... pulse, you know. What? You could have said pulse. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm making pharmacist. I, I, I take all questions. <laughs> I've never been asked one that I've not answered yet, but uh, I suppose there's like time. A yeah, there's a couple of, there's a couple of hours. As I'm, I'm looking at the, his face and thinking, oh, God, that's terrible. Uh, I'm in serious trouble now. And uh, I really hope my wife's not listening to this. Um, uh, uh, my my greatest fear right now is being asked a question that I have to answer that I don't want to a- answer. Um, I I uh, what do I hate? Um, I think I've got to a point in my life where I don't hate very much at all. Um, I, I think I don't. Um, I really dislike. Well, hate's too strong. Uh, judgmentalism. I, I hate, really hate prejudice, uh, where there's no logic to it. It's just a kind of automatic response without engaging brain. Um, I don't like to see that in the world. And I think there's a lot of that happening at the moment. Mm. And uh, I think that that is just, is just noise that we should just bypass and move on to the good stuff. Mm. So I love love. I love uh, sharing. I love to be in an environment of amazing people like this group here. Um, and uh, I am... Uh, um, I'm just excited. I think um, I'm really excited about the future. I just feel as if some amazing stuff is coming our way. Mm. So bring it on, I say. Lovely. Thank you. So did you... Let's pass Bertie's computer back. Yes. Did you, James, say that you got stuff you wanted to bring up? Has anyone got stuff? So I wanted to talk about death. But right. I didn't know, because obviously you come from a machine, I didn't know how you were feeling about that. I'm very, I'm always. But one thing I did want to touch on before anything is that the hate thing. Because mm. I agree with Kevin there. It's such a strong word, mm. and I really, really don't like it. And I feel like there's definitely a lot of kind of hate going around at the moment, isn't there? Mm. You know, Sorry. I hate this president, I hate this prime minister, I hate mm. this, I hate that. And it's kind of like, well, just, you know, you use that word. Mm. You kind of don't know what it means, and it has a really negative connotation. I think you can dislike someone. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm. You can have your opinion, but if you hate someone, it's like a, it's you know, it's, it's that knee gut reaction of like I just want to get rid of them. So, and I don't you, like where that leads. And for you, the hate question is about someone. No, but it's just, uh, you know, it's funny at the start of the the group you say do you want to haggle any of the rules mm. and i would almost think back now and I w- i'd want to haggle that one haggle the word yeah i don't like the word yeah. hate yeah. i think it's too powerful of a word there are a few things in there that are a bit dodgy um and very often i would say in the groups a lot of blokes say hate is a very you know like my mother would always hate is a very strong word yeah and i would say that 
it's also an opportunity for blokes to say hate is a very strong word i'm not into hate or i don't like the feeling that comes up in me or the part of me that hates and for me it was important and i'm, I'm not defending it i'm very happy for that to go next time whatever whatever people want it's a good opportunity for people to see where they are with hate and if there is hate and not to suppress it and to express it or to make friends with it or to see that it's raw energy that they might want to consider their relationship with and i feel very much the same but or and i can have moments of really hating the person in front of me looking at their phone or at their app when i'm trying to get down some stairs or on a tube stay people in it people and it's momentarily and it's purely illogical raw emotion where hate can kind of cross my heart but i feel I it's I, it's, a, it's I get what you mean. I, I agree with you. Again, I think hate. When you're talking about someone walking down the stairs on their phone, I I actually think hate again is too strong of a it word. It is. It is. And and the the emotion that I can have or or feel and the reactions I can get can be strong hmm. and totally illogical and totally irrational. But maybe you lot are more advanced than I am. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny I always think that I should never I, I should never hate anything I should always kind of have an open mind an open heart and I feel like when you start hating things you kind of close yourself off to it mm. you know it's like oh you know I hate <sighs> I hate you know social media it's like I'm never going to touch it I'm never going to embrace it do you mm. know what I mean mm. Where it's like you're saying I, it's limiting I feel like it's a very limiting factor and I also it also makes me think of that quote from Star Wars Go on. which is fear leads to anger anger leads to hate and hate leads to the dark side mm. and I don't want to be the dark side I want to be the good side so I feel like it's just I agree and I feel going through the dark side say the dark shadow uh, and knowing myself in the dark shadow and letting go of what's not true and coming out the other side gives me more of the gold shadow, which is my potential. So for me, it's part of the journey. And I agree with you. It's an incredibly s strong word. And you could say it's quite unnecessary. And I know that I feel it sometimes. And it can be um, someone sitting next to me eating with their mouth open and heaven forbid talking to me at the same time and that I can have a split second or moments of hate before I come to again so yeah maybe I'm but you think you should embrace it if you feel so like this morning you know I was I was hating getting out of bed this morning because I wasn't feeling well I didn't have the energy and I was like oh man this is like I'm really hating this right now yeah and it's like do you think I should have just embraced it do you think I should have sat there and like wallowed in my kind of hatred or do you think what what I did was I was like right no in the shower bit of music kind of try and flip it that's really valuable what you've just said because for me having that feeling and realization that that's what i'm feeling is an opportunity to respond differently um so i don't do oh i've hated now i'm fucked no yeah it's more like ah you know for me as you could tell from my mac today life is all about colombo so if I'm feeling hate, then what's the clue? What's the opportunity? Why has this come up? Do I want to follow the feeling back? Is something being triggered? Do I just want to be in the present and turn it around? It's like, it's, it's information. So you think you've got, you you got to go with it? Well, no, I'd say feel and accept what is mm. and then make choice. 
and that's it for me and that's just my way it's not the right way no but that is my way is like noticing what is actually going on and i could have all sorts of really weird things going on um fearful fantasies sexual fantasies god knows all sorts of fantasies and fears and god knows it's just like anything could be going on and it's all information for me it's all information i need to know me better i need to update myself because the old me that was a bit of a basket case surviving life and being in panic it's just like it's old-fashioned now and i i believe that when i want more out of life um, when I want my pendulum to swing more into the gold shadow, it will swing more into the dark shadow to see what I need to own or dump or make peace with or whatever. So it gets the gold swing a little bit more. That's just my game. Maybe that's how I play life. Would, I mean, would you say it's it's sort of, own, I guess I'm I'm hearing what you're saying and I'm thinking it's almost like owning your biology because I yeah. think a lot of our responses, our chemical responses, if it's something strong like hate, then often that's like there's something chemical in there. It's programming that goes to your amygdala, that's back to survival stuff, fight or flight, that just triggers up. So if it's something hateful or it's something lust or love, like, so I mean, yeah. it, it's almost acknowledging the biology yeah. in order to, it's like you've got to recognize it in order to fight it. You know, or, it's, or otherwise, include it or accept yeah, it or, accept or grow it. from it. Or, or grow, yeah, you're absolutely right. So yeah, it's, it's acknowledging what it is going yeah. through it because I, I think that's an example I could relate to. Definitely the amount of people on their phones just not <laughs> paying attention walking in front of your car or like running you over because they're on their yep. phone and you're going oh come on and uh, one of the things i notice around when i get that feeling of someone just doing i guess being completely oblivious to their surroundings and sometimes it's like maybe they're just in their own world headphones on all that sort of stuff yeah. but i i sort of sum it up in this idea of entitlement i'm like some people just have that feeling i'm just like you're you so entitled they'll literally look at you and be like i'm gonna cross right in front of you anyway yeah. like you know and you're just like yeah. how entitled are you someone yeah. said and that at the start <laughs> of the group they said something that's bothering me is that feeling which feeling? Oh, what was it? Is it, is it is, was I dreaming it? Are my drugs kicking in finally? Yeah, well, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, Kevin mentioned, mentioned prejudice. I prejudice, think it's interesting yeah. you mentioned that because for me, that is, that's one of, that's such a tough one. Like, to me, prejudice is, but that is, prejudice. is a bigger, bigger enemy. What, which is prejudice? That, what you're talking about there, that sense of entitlement, it's like, that is prejudice. That is them saying, I'm better than you. I'm prejudiced towards you, right? It's saying like... Or towards oneself. Or themselves, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, I can just walk in front of your car. You're not going to hit me. I, you know what I, I, mean? I think it falls under the umbrella of ignorance to a certain degree. If there, mm. if you, mm. if your your worldview does not expand beyond yourself, or doesn't, or only allows other people to be this small, like yeah. then, then yeah, that ignorance allows that prejudice, and mm. I guess prejudice leads to hate and yeah. leads to the mm. dark side. Yeah, 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 yeah. It all comes back to that. that yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. Well, not just Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars is so childish. It's uh, you know, it's it's great for eight year olds, but then you kind of need you know there there is no dark or light side there are humans being and we're talking and there's a scale in between talk, i mean <laughs> look, i love my films and i'm glad i got a film director in because now we can nerd it out over films <laughs> um, i mean it, it's um donnie darko he talks about that scale yeah. doesn't he and he says that there's the the counselor that speaks to him and he says there's only two things there's love and hate and he goes no he goes that's the extreme there's a whole sp spectrum in between mm. of love and hate you know mm. it's not just black and white you either love something or you hate something it's you can feel a little bit uncomfortable about something you can kind of generally like something and it's like you said there it's not just yeah. hate 
Yeah, it's, it's a, a yin and yang symbol, isn't it? If you look at the yin and yang, you've got the uh, the black and the white, but inside the white you've got a black dot, and inside the yeah. black you've got a white dot. So you just can't separate the two. Mm. Yeah. It's part of the same. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which is an interesting thing. I I wonder what that would. It makes me think. What did that look like? A lot of social criticisms about social media these days is i mean with with facebook with youtube with all these things you've got like like dislike and mm. that's polarizing mm -hmm. and so i don't know what a system would look like a sort of yin yang system of like of commentary like or contribution like. mm. yeah <laughs> almost like or kind of like <laughs> I, that probably yeah that would yeah. kind of be more accurate yeah mm. like a yeah. zero to ten of like Mm. Like there's some there's some, some faces I wish I could make where like I'm like yeah. skeptical. There just needs to be a skeptical face where I go like, what are you talking about? Mm. <laughs> that would know, be good. And I've met a lot of authors who've put their books out, and years later would give anything. They don't own their books anymore. The publisher owns them. They give anything to take their books back because they think, what was I thinking of when mm. I said that? Because that's just a such a limited part of the story or the picture that I want to give more. I want to tell more. Meanwhile, it's selling, and they need to stand by it. Um, it's the minority, and I guess I, I probably know a lot more authors than a lot of people, so I'm not saying everyone's like that. But I've done that all my life. Is I thought I've known something. I thought I've got it sussed. And then I fall flat on my face <laughs> and think, ah, now I understand more. Now I understand why, and it's just a bigger perspective. And for me, the hate and the dark side and going through the dark side is part of this process. But what I used to do was feeling into the head, into suppression or fixing or doing something, where what I like to try and do now is feeling maybe into judgment and then back into feeling, and then it's like, what's going on here? Because I've been triggered and I wonder why. Or there's a gift here if I want to take it, rather than, oh, oh, I've done it wrong, I've done the hate thing, and that's not allowed, it's hardly spiritual. Well, I think the worst thing you can do is suppress, yeah. right? The worst thing you can do is be like, no, I'm not going to do that, I'm not going to feel that. And what would you say the ramifications of suppression might be? Oh, it's a, it's a hard question to answer, because it could be lots of things. Go on. I mean, you could, you could start having you know, mental health issues, if you're not embracing things, you can have physical issues. I've heard some people say, you know, if you're really sort of pushing things to the side, you might start getting aches and pains in your body. Mm. And that is just because you're not accepting something in your life. It's like your physical body is saying, no, you need to address this. Yeah. But it can have serious ramifications. I think you have to, even if it's good and bad, you have to look into it and embrace it, which is something I've learned with you, mostly, I mm. think. Cool. So acceptance. Acceptance, yeah. Spot on. That's brilliant. I so think we do definitely. a quick round of Sorry. that? Is, no, and no, I was going to go to you anyway. A quick round of relationship to hate and ramifications of suppression. Does that feel like a half-decent round? Mm. Absolutely. Over to you. Um, I think there, were, there was a period of time when I, I, um, I took the bullies I had at school and then almost imprinted them on anybody that, that upset me. Mm. and and then I would role-play me getting my revenge out with those people so you haven't resolved the previous bullying so therefore you are recreating the scenario yeah you, you become you're becoming a victim so and I think during that time I think I got very angry and a very angry person so and, and I did suppress it and I'm sure that that wasn't very good for my physical and mental health mm. no doubt about it I mean I 
I haven't got high blood pressure, but I think if I'd have carried that on into my 40s and 50s, then there's no doubt that that would have caused problems with heart and circulation because mm. uh, we can't separate our emotions from the physical um, physical uh, functioning of the body because mm. the mind and body are, are one, they're interlinked. Mm. Um, and uh, there was a cardiologist I, I went, I had went to a talk and he was talking about that the personality types of patients that he had with heart disease and a lot of them were very closed insular people and he called he, he mentioned something called open heart psychology as opposed to open heart surgery that they had to almost they really wanted to resolve their heart complaints they had to actually deal with these emotional issues that they had about not connecting yeah. people uh, on a heart level mm. so i definitely agree with that and professionally would you say people come to you saying this is up that's up and you know that this is possibly to do with an emotional issue or suppression or um how to balance them that's interesting i think um definitely there's an instinct instinct that you have as a as a practitioner as a pharmacist and uh, as somebody that's had an experience of having those emotions and having to resolve them i think you recognize the same in other people mm. um and you know i i can often see a person i i can instantly figure out what's going on and how i do that i don't know but it's it's very instinctive and they'll tell me something and i'm, I'm immediately going to the, the question mm. you know what was it that happened in your life that suddenly you say before that i was well mm. and after that point yeah. i i wasn't the same since mm. and if you ask that question most people will be able to kind of go back and say well actually i can remember i had a holiday in, in 1984 and then after that i was never the same mm. um or that you know you know somebody died in the family and that that trauma then then rolled on mm. so i think people know what instinctively but they're just not asked the, the right questions yeah yeah so then what what do you prescribe at that point if it's like an emotional thing then mm. can you you can't necessarily prescribe medication for something that is a sort of injury of the heart or the spirit or the soul or something that's like quite that. a difficult scenario for as a, as a pharmacist because yeah. really we we deal things in in like five or ten minute slots rather than you know a long consultation so we'll refer on so often as not we'll say right do you, do you think you'd want to go and see a psychologist or a counsellor okay. or a kinesiologist <laughs> or a massage therapist because often it's stuck in the mind and stuck in the body so mm. you can't can't do one without the other yeah. so we're, we're often guides and then if there's anything else i can do whether it's you know saffron just to lift their mood get their anxiety levels down then that will obviously add that into the, the process just to help them cope mm. while they're going through that that period of healing mm. okay I remember James saying, I really like that guy because it's not very often you find a pharmacist. Well, go on, you say. I said, I really like that guy. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not often you find a pharmacist who says, well, I can't remember the exact words you said, but you went, I want you to stop taking my drugs. That's my goal. <laughs> He's like, I want to prescribe you something. And then I went in a month's time for you to say, I don't need it anymore. And I was like... I've never heard a pharmacist say that in my life. <laughs> Normally, it's, you're going to be on this for life. Keep paying me money. You know what I mean? And this was the mm. first guy who sat down and went, no, I want to cure you. You know, and I was like, wow, that's, mm. that's bizarre. That's a, that's a great, thing, great to hear. Absolutely. Mm. I can't do anything other part of my soul. So are you the naked pharmacist.com or something? Uh, I am the naked pharmacist, but the, the, the site is the naked pharmacy.com. The naked yeah. pharmacy. And will they see you naked? Um, 
Luckily for them, no. Good. Um, right. <laughs> but we're doing Carfest next weekend. And, and we're, gonna uh, we're going to get naked to There's a fancy dress day on the Friday, I think, or the Saturday. And so uh, we're going to run in lab coats with shorts. So obviously it'll give the appearance that we're naked while running around on the track. Cheeky. So that's a bit naughty and cheeky Good. as a politist, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So do you think we've got one minute, 19 seconds, um, relationship to the word hate... Uh, and is this too commercial or what, what is this going to yeah, commercial, yeah, yeah, commercial break, break. Okay, cool. yeah. Uh, advert as we say in this country advert, uh, advert <laughs> yes oh, Lord. he's uh, d- down that was so down his nose <laughs> <laughs> don't you know <laughs> we call them advertisements good sir I'll have you know <laughs> look at that now we've got seconds give okay. me hate um, <laughs> wait, give you hate like, what do you mean from relationship to hate Sorry, so your what's your relationship to the word hate to the word hate um, to me like you, I can't talk about hate without thinking about fear yeah. uh, fear to me is so wrapped up in hate you hate what you don't know uh, more than anything else and, and what you fear um, because I think once you know a bit more about something it's, it's hard to hate the second you humanize, you it, hate becomes hard. That is so powerful. People fear and therefore hate. I have come across this so much in my life or in the news or in the world. And on that note, let's Us. break. We were with you. Yes. And we were, I was going to ask you, ramifications of emotional suppression or suppression of hate suppression of yeah. anger and we were talking about hate and for me hate and fear yeah being fear of the unknown and and uh and knowing the other being central to that um yeah. oh and the other half of that is ramica- ramifications of suppression yeah yeah um i guess to finish on the the hate bit i mean yeah, I just look at, so often I just look at what's going on in the world. I think it was years ago. Um, I think throughout my life I've encountered racism in, in its many forms. And I have to also acknowledge when I would be racist about things myself or mm. I'd, I'd, or prejudice. Well, you know, racism aside, I mean, I, I, st- I started using prejudice more actually because mm. we can be prejudiced about so many things. Mm. Um, so, you know, sexism and racism, like any of those sorts of like hate against a specific type of person. Like to me, I just, if I call it prejudice, then... You know, bigger. it's it's bigger, and it's and it's all inclusive because I think all of us can be prejudiced. We're almost we're almost created to be prejudiced because something bad happens. Okay, a snake came and it bit me. I'm going to now be prejudiced against snakes because mm. that's that's how we survive. Mm. Um, however, our world is more complex than that, and um, and people, it's you know we like to group things. I feel we like to group things in our minds as a species. However, we're also a species of individuals, so it's a, it's very strange. You want to group people, but then people are individuals, and mm. so it, it takes so much more. It takes a lot of effort to undo it. So I guess I, I guess, I guess when it bringing it back to suppression, it's. At times, if I if I don't talk that out to myself, if I if I'm not constantly like in a practice of saying like, oh gosh, what have you just done? You just grouped in. I, somebody's just walked across you with their phone, and you've been like, idiot, you're so entitled. And and then I and then I kind of stop myself and I go, well, gosh, you have no idea who they are, 
where they come from. You don't even know what, you know, what language do they speak? Where are they from? Like, who are their parents? Like, what sort of data they have? I just know nothing about this person that has cut me off or just feels like they've put me down or ignored me or mm-hmm. you, you, I just don't know. And so it's so easy to create a story um, and be like, and be caught up in the like, oh, this is what's happening. And I feel like letting go of that story actually helps to release any of the angst or anger or frustration that's associated with it because mm-hmm. I just don't know unless I ask them mm-hmm. and even then then we have a dialogue and who knows where that will go but yeah I, I think that helps me not take it personally otherwise you end up holding on to these things there's stories like you know any all the prejudices like they end up being awake and mm-hmm. yeah I think it's yeah that can just add up and I could see how that ends up in your body and in your your mind like it, it even talking about it feels heavy mm. but I just want to like there's like cut ties with it and just let it go because that moment passes and it's gone mm. like it's there's no reason they're not still there they're not still blocking my path like so why am I holding on to it mm. um, it's gone so let it go for me it's really valuable um, to listen to all of you talk about you know breaking it down and being mm. conscious of what's going on and making conscious choice and I wonder what percentage of people in London or on the planet aren't conscious about things. And this is normality. And this is the world against me and me against the world and the way it works and survival. And it's like being stuck in the small story of it all rather than what are my choices and how can it move on? Cool. Mm. I think we're all guilty of that now, aren't we? We're all are guilty of finger that. At me? I'll point. I'll, I'll look outside the door then. Um, <laughs> 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 but I think we all, we all do that. Is I it, think is unless it, it's just um, me, and I think we all do that. But whenever someone does something to me, it's like he said. You immediately come up with that story in your head of oh, they're so look at them. They're so self entitled. Mm. I think they're so much better than me. It's and it's like, in, it's such a bad thing to do. Um, do you know? Uh, I can't disagree, but rather than being guilty of it, I wonder whether this is about being unconscious and growing in consciousness. So it's about awareness, and then with awareness comes power and yeah. can come some action. Well, I think it's like you said, you have to be with it. You have to be with that emotion yeah. of that kind of... I guess, it's again, it's an anger, isn't it, when you're like, this person's disrespecting me in some way, so I come up with this superficial story to justify my anger, where it's like, no, just be angry. Exactly. Because they've just... Just accept what it is you're angry about. Don't come up with an excuse for it. Just be with it. And I think let that's it big, pass. Yeah, just let it pass. Making stories and personalities out of it. Which, yeah. <laughs> How would you define uh, the impulsion to get in amongst people's selfies in London, which is a getting in? Yeah, I like, love it. Just get, you know, just making sure that you're in in shot. <laughs> I love it. I've never even heard of it. Is that, is that what people do? That, um, it's just so you do it to destroy photo bombing. Pulling a photo bomb. Photo bombing. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. or getting in the way of them. Yeah, walking through <laughs> the line of shot as opposed to getting out of the way. Is that? I love it. Something. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Is that something you do? Is that like a small hobby? It must be a new. It's a new thing. Compulsion. Oh, okay. It's kind of like I kind of thinking more at fifty. 3.54, you know, it's kind of a bit of a late start. I'm with you. I love it. I'm the mischief. <laughs> I'm with you. I love it. And maybe because I'm older, they don't expect it. And they sort of think, well, you know, she's probably going a bit, you know, getting out of it. <laughs> That's one of the things I love about I getting like older. Fly yeah. exactly. the radar with it. Yeah. yeah what what sort of like, face are you doing at the time? Are you just like, well, just kind of it? superior, actually. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, nose goes up slightly, you know, just a little look out the corner Self of your eyes bogeys. going like, so, oh, you, you must be gentry over here. Here, like there's a like, tourist game. That must be gentry, yeah. He's aristocracy, that guy. Yeah. So, uh, and my wife does it as well. So, uh, yeah, you can't get away with that if you're listening, Abigail. So. I just think it's fun, though. 
think it's fun. Yeah, I think it's fun. I saw some people doing it on the tube the other day. I was like, I have to ruin this photo. It's kind of maybe this progression here where those people that are walking in their bubble, reading their phones and stuff, you just stand in front of them and, and stay still as opposed to mm. getting out and, then, and let them bump into you. Mm. Oh, God. Is that, I, sorry, I'm, I'm... No, 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 no. It just reminds there's a lot, there's me lots that... lots of press stuff coming out that's here. Just, so yeah. I have got into yeah. when they're looking at their phone, even if they're not walking into me, just moving a little bit so they almost do to make a point, you even though... the impact. But well, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's yeah. the way they're going to learn, though. <laughs> that's my superiority it's like who says I should teach them and they're doing anything wrong anyway I mean yeah I've got moments of wanting to harm them there and then but then they, they kind of are they're a danger to themselves and other people yeah it is true fair enough fair yeah. enough they're going to get hit by a car or, you know something like crash into like a baby you know so I, my passive aggression could actually save their lives yeah. I should charge them yeah <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps passive aggression isn't like the solution. I mean, but we all think about these things. I, I was I was telling uh, Julia that I I want to get a bunch of stickers and just have like like little ninja stickers. You stick on people who aren't paying attention, and so when they get home, they get home, they're like, "What the heck?" It's like you have been assassinated. Like, what? When did this happen? Like, you're on your phone, so you just don't know. So you can yeah. get stickered all the time. I love that. So just something that again is it, is it passive? But that is a good question. Is it passive aggressive or is it a good learning lesson to be like, hey, pay attention you're not paying attention most of the time open your eyes and be present in the world like yeah. something that's not harmful but is just like hey join us join mm. us in the real world i wonder if that, the harmful <laughs> or not harmful depends on intent so if yes. i place mm. the sticker with love <laughs> then it's quite different to if i place the sticker thinking you're such a twat <laughs> <laughs> so you want something humorous on on the sticker, basically? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I love funny. You, you twerk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Bertie, anger, no, relationship to hate and suppression of emotion. Uh, okay. Um, I just want I want to comment on that uh, compulsion to get in people's ways. I think I've I've started doing it more recently, actually. Like at first. It's like the it felt like the polite thing to do was to you know wait for people to take their photos. It's not just selfies; it's people taking photos in front of like monuments and the red telephone boxes. But now it's just like I just I just keep walking. It's like I can't I can't do this anymore. You know, like walking around people. I Is that kind of similar? What yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I notice people taking photographs of things that are just completely meaningless, like a. Like, I don't know, pavement or something. I mean, it's like, well, what are you, there's nothing interesting here. So, yeah. why are you taking a photograph just because I've got a camera on my phone? And then there's like a crowd of people kind of trying to, you know, walk up this, this road and they're taking up the whole thing because they need to take a picture. Yeah. There was a, a program called Candid Camera. I you remember Candid Camera? It. Yeah. Uh, it Jeremy Beadles. Uh, yeah. And they used, to, they used to like build up a, a queue of people or just stand there and look up <laughs> and <laughs> see how many people fun. kind of join you <laughs> on the. Uh, on the on the sky gazing and there's nothing there mm. a, fr a friend of mine you know the photobombing thing a friend of mine he's a really like courageous guy and he you know he's infamous in my friendship group for just being the one if you want him to do something stupid he will do it you know but so when he sees people taking those photos he actually goes and joins the photo 
So he goes and puts their arm around them. Mm. And I'm just like, oh, wow, how do you do that? You know? Just it's like me, I'll like go stand in the background and be like, <laughs> but he just walks in and he's like, hey guys, let's take a photo. And it's just like some of the responses he gets are brilliant. That's so more like, honest, I think. Yeah. I think that might yeah. be the loving response. That's the yeah. loving response. Yeah. Yeah. If you're here taking a photo, I may as well be in it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, he, he kind of does it in like this lovey sort of way. It's like, oh, come on, guys, let's get a photo. And it's like, I'm a real, I'm a real Brit, you know, I'll be part of the photo, oh, I'm part funny. of the tourist experience. Yeah, you know, that's another issue with photos, is I find two things happen when the camera gets whipped out. It's firstly people touch each other, where without the camera no one touches generally. It's very rare that people touch and get close. And the second thing is people hold their breath. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> no, you're right, you're right. You're Until they stop touching. <laughs> anyway, yeah. let's finish this round because I feel like it's we've been quite distracted, this group, but then that's what happens with the full moon, it's just all over the place and unruly. So my relationship to hate, um, yeah, I'm not really. Sh I don't. I've, I kind of, I've kind of agreed with what everyone said, um, both you and James's points, but uh, and everyone's points really. But I don't know. For me, I guess for me, it feels like expression and maybe what you said. It's kind of feeling it fully and then letting it, letting it go, rather than I shouldn't be feeling this, mm. and then it gets suppressed and. Yeah, so for me, it's kind of expression, I guess. Mm. Um, and just because I hate something in that moment doesn't mean I'm going to hate it forever. Or um, Same with love, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's like love. It's like I'm not going to suppress love, so why should I suppress hate? Mm. Um, that's, that's my initial thoughts on it. Um, and what was the other one? Ramifications of suppression. Uh, I think there is a lot, I think, um, this full moon or this cycle or whatever you want to call it would have been a lot less of a, um, car crash if I hadn't suppressed anything mm. the past few months, mm. if, or I'd been less suppressing of stuff, you know, it's like, oh, I'm sad about this, but you know, it's okay. I brush it under the path or like, mm. oh, I'm, I don't know, it could be it really excited about this but I brushed it under the carpet mm. I think after a while just everything does come up eventually mm. um, and and also yeah like it can it can be like you said James like physical I used to have chronic back pain for like I don't know for like four years or something and then I read a book which was like it's called Healing Back Pain and it says um, it talks about two different types of back pain, one caused by actual like structural stuff or like injuries and stuff like that. Another one caused by, it's like psychosomatic. So it's brought on by um, suppression of your emotions. Well, you know, I've been having some back pain at the moment, right? I think I told you well, about it. Could, that. Yeah, so yeah. it could be suppressing emotions. Well, I'm, I'm trying to get to the bottom of it because I don't know what it is. So well, I'll give you the book. Give me the book. I'll yeah, yeah, suggest yeah. it to you anyway. Be good. It's like I've been trying to sit up straight this whole time. I think I think really it's been yeah. when I've been doing this for two hours, and I've been sitting like that, and I've been yeah. I mean, it could it, be. It's not. It could be something it's else. Types. Yeah, that's something but, I, just, um, I don't know what it is. But I found I I just think it's amazing. I haven't heard many people talk about this kind of thing, <laughs> and like so, I so, had it for like four years, and I, after I read this book, literally, I felt better after reading this book. 
Like Someone that. told me that it could be a support thing. You're not getting enough support in your life, so therefore your back is telling you, because the lower part of the back is what supports the body. Mm. And they were saying, the reason you're having back pain is because there's not enough... I don't, look, I don't know if it's true or not, but they're saying there's, your support structures in life are mm. not where they need to be at the moment, and that's your body telling you yeah. that. There are three books I've used for this over the years. You probably know some of them. The, the basic one that most people seem to know is Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life. That looks at if this is the physical or emotional or whatever issue, then this might be the reason behind it, and this is what you might do to get over it or to let it pass. The second one is, what is it? Your body is saying heal yourself or something. We, I'll, I'll put them in. And the third one is... Damn, that's a brilliant new... What's that big, fat, really expensive book with the... I was going to say Kaka Color Cover, but that's childish and I shouldn't say that, should I? <laughs> I remember, I'm sure... I'll put... There are three absolutely amazing books. And when I look at clients' um, life stories and when they had this pain show up or when this happened or when they lost it, whatever it is that happened, I look them up and I wonder... I ask them the questions about... What was exactly, as you say, what was going on before this happened? And then I'll look up the actual issue and what that's about and start to ask questions to put together a whole picture. And it's generally an emotional picture or a suppressed picture rather than a logical picture that makes logical sense because between the lines is where it's at. Um, and for me, it's about the story that's passing or the emotions that are felt. Like when I got the information about my own story so I could live behind it, I realized that it's not the information that was going to help me. The real story that I needed to feel was my emotional story, irrespective of logic, and feel my way through, and then I could live beyond the story. Anyway. Um, another thing that came up while you are talking was, I think people can get too carried away with like the psychomatic stuff. It's yeah. Like, I, I I remember after that I was like okay everything's got to be psychosomatic then, mm. um, but you know there are some things like I um, I couldn't I kept having this thing where I couldn't hear out of m one of my ears for like it was like recurring like every year, and uh, after you know trying to go through the psychosomatic route I went to like um yeah specialist his specialist yeah and it was just like i've got a shitload of wax in my ear mm. <laughs> so they just took out this big giant plug of wax and then that was it it was fine <laughs> but it was like years of like oh what what's but going then on psychosomatic me? ninjas would say well why was that there and when did you start protecting yourself by manifesting wax <laughs> in your <laughs> ear and, you know yeah. it just goes on and on and on yeah. it's crazy but yeah it's a balance and i guess this is what balance, you find yeah. in work that there is the logical and it's really quite basic and sort it out first and if it's not shifting with the basic stuff then maybe look deeper <laughs> rather yeah. than yeah and it could be that people feel less special because it's a lump of wax <laughs> rather than an issue. Yeah. I process, therefore I am. It's not easy finishing this bloody round, is it? Let's bang through it because we haven't even gotten to the death zone. Um, okay. Do you feel done? Uh, yeah, I guess I also like, I think about um, suppression, like the going back to the hacker, it's like, fucking hell, that level of expression, when do we ever have that in this society or mm. in, most, in quite a lot of like Western societies? Um, and I think that would do us a lot of good and it would do a lot of me a lot of good mm. um, to personalise it. How? 
just to just get everything out of you like they yeah. normally do it at like weddings and funerals and yeah. um big you know stuff like that mm. and a lot of sports they do it and sports and yeah, sports, yeah. yeah. Mm. ceremonies and events yeah. yeah and i think it really helps to just like purge emotions mm. like, i just don't i don't see it feels like the western world is the most depressed world in mm. general mm. um and yeah i don't I, I, I think it's a warrior thing, the hacker. It's like a battle cry. Yeah. yeah. I think so. But as you said, it's also used that I think the ones that are really emotional you see at the funerals and you see at weddings. Mm. Like with the mass shooting, there was a hacker that was there. Yeah, that yeah. Was very emotional. Mm. Yeah. And also from what you're saying, I wonder whether it's not just individual personal expression and getting things out and letting them pulse. But it's done collectively. Mm. It's so, also in your body as well. Exactly. And I hear you when you say like if you're saying that being British mm. is you know is like being repressed emotionally yeah. in a certain yeah. way. And like the Kiwis um, that I meet, they're just so easy to just be with, be around. Yeah. It's like you don't have to think about anything. You can just like start talking and it's, it's fine. Mm. It's like a lot of English people. It's like I don't know. There's this politeness, this distance. It's quite mm. cold. It's, it's overthinking maybe. Shame. Because Shame. that level of expression is totally shameless. Everyone mm. is being incredibly open, incredibly expressive, passionate, angry, loving, whatever it is that passes together. It's not, I look emotional, I look silly, or I've just stuck my tongue out, he, 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 what are people going to think? It's like we are in this being together. Mm. And it's a very grounding, masculine energy. I would say. Mm. And that's not to exclude women because I've seen women do it. Mm -hmm. um, and masculine for me is not about male or female, but it is a very grounding, raw, emotional, masculine energy. And energetic as well and alive. Mm. And that's another thing I think is mm. lacking in British culture. Mm. It's all quite like dulled. Yeah. Done? Yeah. Thank you. Um, just to quickly say, in a lot of men's groups, I think what people are used to or have heard of is talking sticks, where no one else talks when you have the stick and you pass the stick on. Um, and also, I think in a lot of men's groups as well, there's no interaction. You say what you have to say, you put the stick back and someone else takes the stick and there's no, you know, meanwhile, us, it's like fisherwomen. <laughs> One of the first things I said to you when I did my first group was... Um, there was a lot more kind of joking and friendship than I thought there would be. <laughs> but you know yeah. what I mean? It was, I thought when I first did, I thought it was going to be like a really serious, we're going to sit here in silence. and like. But it was a lot more like kind of having fun with it. And for me, the most important thing is that it's like real life. Yeah. And it's how I want real life to be. I'm not going to sit around with a talking stick mm. expecting people not to respond or to, to say a ho. Yeah. I don't even say a ho to any. I don't think you're hoes. <laughs> <laughs> But then I don't know the details. We could do a round about that. Anyway, moving swiftly on. <laughs> so, what was it? Relationship to hate. Hate, relationship to hate. For me, it's just clues. Um, I wasn't allowed to hate by me, by the Catholic faith, by my nice family. By It's like there was no space for hate. The suppression was outrageous. Constipation, acid indigestion, twitching, grunting, OCD, the lot, whatever. I think this was my suppression of emotions. Um, and 
the ramifications, well, for me, it was purely mental health issues, emotional issues, and uh, all the OCD family of issues, pulling out my hair and grunting and whatever, just to relieve anxiety and survive with all this nicety. Um, with work, I find that it's so sadly so normal to have a low level depression as normal normality. Mm. Um, I would say more people I know who cross my paths do have a low level depression and have had it going on for most of their lives. And that's not on as far as I'm concerned. It's like people deserve their lives to embody and feel it and know themselves, etc. And I find that really sad. They, they are very grateful for survival, a lot of these people. Their low-level depression is helping them survive life that might be difficult or stuff that's unresolved. And it's up to people how they, um, whether they choose to suppress or express. And I'd say a lot of people don't even know they have the choice or how to express. So, yeah, those are my two. Did you start? I started. Oh, thank God for that. We, we can move on to the death zone. Um, how much time do we have? We have about 40, 37 minutes. Lord. Right, we're going to do a quick death here. Can I do a quick quote for, Go for Birdie? This is, um, <clears throat> this is James Cook, who was the man that discovered the hack, uh, the, not the hack, the Maori people. And <coughs> this is what he said, and it made me think of what you said. From what I have said of the natives of New Holland, they may appear to be some of the most wretched people upon earth, but in reality they are far more happier than we Europeans, being wholly unacquainted not only with the superfluous, but the necessary convenience so much sought after in Europe. And basically what he's saying is from the outside in, they seem to be these barbaric people, but he says they're actually far superior than us. And that's what you said, where it's like they have that, they seem to be able to that freedom that freedom yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah what year was that does it say the year oh it's just James Cook I can find that Captain one Captain James Cook I can yeah, find that when he discovered New Holland for you hundreds hundreds of years ago yeah, it's mm. interesting and um, the empire remains yeah I, I wonder whether it's being <laughs> broken though I mean even with conversations like this and we are now now we a lot of us even though what is it uh, 20% of the country is living under the poverty line or is it 20% of children or something or other like that? We're not in a good way. But mm. we have information. We have more power than we have. We're not surviving like we, we used to. And we have the choice to feel. Where I believe a lot of my ancestors and you know people families that i know from wales working class or whatever the reason of, of survival there wasn't the space to feel because it's like you have to work you have to hold it together you have to survive you have to you know don't rock the boat don't crack because we might all crack and then we're stuffed but that low-level depression you talk about is is everywhere. Like, yeah. I can, like there, there's so few people I meet who are feeling free and self-expressed and all of that. Mm. And when I think about, I was joking there where I said, you know, the you know the system remains, but colonialization, the British took over, mm. you know, and the and we live in a Eurocentric world. You know, we're speaking a European language, and the patriarchy 
like is is one of oppression isn't it mm. the patriarchal system is one of oppression where like young men i still see little boys and i you hear the quotes like don't cry like mm. like all of that oppression mm. is still there mm. so even if we have choice do we know we have the choice which is what you just said do we mm. know we have the choice not to mm. if the system is is still in place that is keeping us in a particular gender space and a particular emotional space because mm. yeah even though that's an interesting quote from from I've James got the date Cook, if you want right because e even wait wait what year was it uh 1766 okay so wow. like in the 1700s he's, mm. he's saying that about them gosh they've got a freedom yeah but, but at well, the we, same time don't the, have. the quote unquote the british one they took yeah. a, you know the colonial forces took over the world and now we everyone does things that way mm. You know, except for these rare cases. Mm. So that oppression is now. You lot carrying on feeling and expressing, and we'll just shoot it out of you. Yeah, and we've got the money, <laughs> and we've got the power, and. Yeah, manby pamby. The, 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 it's funny. So in the quote, he says, um, In reality, they are far more happier than we Europeans, being wholly unacquainted not only with the superfluous, but the necessary convenience so much sought after in Europe. Mm. So what he's saying is, he's like all these things that we think we need. Superfluous. Okay. Superfluous. Yeah. Oh, calm. Sorry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> right. So still to this day, consumerism That's and I mean, superficiality. Yeah. yeah. He's saying that it's like we have all these things that we've got from colonialism, but what have they actually got us? Nothing. Yeah. Whereas these people seem to be just fine without it. So. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Do you know what? Forget the death zone. What's up? Did you say? Did people say they got something they want to talk about? Because we ain't got the death. Hour. Sorry. I can I can sit here and kvetch about my back for half an hour if you no, want. No, let's move on. Kvetch. You know where to stick your kvetching, don't you? <laughs> That's that sure. might help his back. Who knows? I had to slip one Yiddish word in. You yeah, know, just one to get this in there. <laughs> so, did you have anything that you're sitting on, so to speak? Or, I mean, I wanted to talk about death because. You mentioned it at the start, and it's one of those things. It's not so much, it's more the fact that I know it's coming with someone in my family. Right. So let's try something different, because that, so the first hour and a half has been all over the fiery full moon. Who's got to watch? Let's do, say, three minutes each and move on from wherever we are and then see where okay. we are. So um, whatever you need to say about death, over to you. My nan is... So, okay, first of all, can you keep time for this? Because I won't be able to keep time for my own one. You, you keep me sure. time, Kevin. I'll, I'll do it. I can do yeah, it for everyone else. Kevin, no, 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 I'll do it. I'll, oh, you've got I'll forget for myself. Yeah. Kevin's good. Um, my nan was a very, very, very big part of my life growing up. And she's kind of... She's got Alzheimer's at the moment. And every time I go and see her... She kind of forgets a little bit more and a little bit more. And I have to remind her again and again and again. And I've kind of starting to realize that and she's getting sicker and sicker and you know more and more frail and i'm kind of starting to realizing that maybe it's going to happen sooner than i think and i didn't really know i just wanted to talk about it and then kind of address it and because it's weird not really anyone in my family that i've been that close to has passed away so this is kind of the first time it's going to happen and i don't really know what to expect don't know how i should think or feel how do you feel now talking about it? Oh, quite, uh, quite like I'm fighting back some tears. Mm. So, yeah, 
So it's quite a heavy subject for me, but I, you mentioned you come from the funeral, and I don't know. It's I just didn't. To me, I don't really know what to do. Mm. So I thought maybe I'd come and discuss it with some people because she was really influential in my life. Um, and now here she is, and she can't really remember lots of the stuff that she taught me. So mm. it's quite heavy, and I kind of know. You know, I mean, I know it. I know it's going to happen. Do you feel like you're losing her already? Yeah, and it's. I think. I think there's part of me that sort of wishes it was almost over. I don't know if that's a bad thing to say mm. because it's kind of getting hard. Every time I go and see her, I haven't seen her for three months because mm. the last time I saw her, it was like really hard. You know, I cried afterwards. Mm. It was really, really hard. So I kind of haven't been brave enough to go back to her and kind of see where she's been because I know it's been three months. It's probably going to be a hell of a lot worse, you know? So, mm. yeah, I don't really, I'm a bit in a weird place of it at the moment. But I just, I know it's going to happen. Is there anything to do with this, anyone? Because he says, I don't know what to do with it. Mm. What do you mean? Well, I, I mean, I think I thought immediately you said you're fighting back tears. And I thought, why fight, why fight it? You know, that's the uh, suppression, yeah. isn't it? Why, yeah. why fight the tears? Mm. But it's so funny. That's my nan. Because my nan, you know, sort of World War II, she was always very stiff off her lip. Mm. sort of thing so she's always like be strong be brave kind of thing and that's survivor. where she, mm. yeah she's like a very much a survivor so that, that fighting back of the tears that's something kind of my nan would have instilled into me mm. so it's weird and that's I don't know it's just maybe you want me should look maybe I should let it all out just start blubbing you kind of I've started by talking about it you certainly feel it um, and well, for me I, I choose where I, I let my tears out it's it's um for various reasons and sometimes it's inappropriate to cry um, and I'll put it on hold and I'll take it home and I'll do it there because mm. it's like hey this is with a client or this is someone else's story or this is disruptive of what's going on but I won't sell myself short I'll take it to my space and I'll really make a move of it <laughs> yeah, um, but as far as doing I'm not personally my, my first big death huge death that was life-changing was my grandmother um, and she was hugely influential in my life and um, yeah life-changing and there's nothing I could do and that was one of the worst parts there was nothing yeah. I could do and I had to be with it and I had to feel it um, and I had to get over myself holding it together and putting on a good show or taking care of people or you know avoiding it but I really had to had to be with it and I guess, I don't know about you lot, um, my probably greatest fear for most of my life has been losing a parent, leave alone losing both. And well, today, that, that's what my friend did, was lose her parent. That's where it goes, though. That's where that, those thoughts mm. lead to. You know, it's like, okay, Nan, it's not doing so well. Next, it's going to be... Yeah. I don't even want to say it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But that's kind of where it goes, and it kind of gets a bit darker and a bit heavier. And it's How like, does it feel going into or down this rabbit hole of emotion? The old me would have avoided it at all costs, mm. you know? But it's, it's not easy. Mm. I can say that, at least. Mm. You know, it's quite, it's quite hard. It's quite heavy. Mm. But you're right, you've you, you got you to gotta be with it. Mm. You've got to embrace it. And you can't, if you suppress it, God knows what's going to happen, mm. sort of thing. I think something to do with the back even might be something to do with that, because mm. like I said, my nan was always massively influential in my life and very much a supporting person. Yeah, 
and now it's like now that's gone yeah now my back has started to play up yeah. it's like is that me not dealing with it sort of thing I just I don't know but it's just it's a it's a dark place for me at the moment and it's something subject. that a lot of people do bring to the groups is um, approaching someone approaching death or a change in life it could even be life like becoming a father or the end of a relationship or fear of losing work or not being able to find work and it's all of these things I think it's so healthy to speak these things out rather than you know I used to go bonkers thinking and figuring out and it would eat me away but to speak them out so it's not me anymore it's in front of me it's a separate thing and to normalize it to hear that other people have been through this and how other people have navigated it and which holds not to fall down and who to learn from because that might be good because I learned you know from people's mistakes more than or as much as their successes so thank you for that that's thank you for letting me share Hmm. One thing I wanted to say was, um, well, I'd echo what yeah, Kenny said, there isn't really anything you can do or prepare for it. But there is, um, you said like, you don't know if you felt like you could say that you, it, you wanted it to be over. And it's like, I think there are no kind of rights or wrongs when it comes to death. It's like, hmm. if, if you, like, I didn't cry when my granny died and I felt horrible about that and I actually like remember when she died I tried to make myself cry mm. um, but I wasn't I don't know I wasn't I was like 14 and for some reason I just didn't need to cry and I didn't feel that sad even though I was incredibly close to her like she was she uh, yeah she was like a huge figure it sounds like same like yours so you don't know how you're gonna be and yeah I don't <laughs> yeah mm. but it's all of it's okay um mm. and yeah and you, sh you should see it. well I don't know if you should see it but it will really set you off a monster calls a, 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 a movie well it's like a, I, I haven't last time I saw her it was heavy and like mm. I said I cried afterwards and I haven't been to see her since so I don't know I don't even know if I could handle it because like mm. it's you know and you have choice if you choose to remember the relationship you had and to leave it at that then that's your choice well that's the thing that I think bothers me in the back of my mind mm. it's that the more I see her in this state where she's kind of forgetting everything is that going to be the person I remember mm. or is it going to be the other one that I remember you know the, mm. the World War 2 survivor mm. stiff upper lip sort of thing and so that's kind of what do shoulds play into this? Would you be a bad person if you don't go and see her? Oh, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, you know... And who would make that judgment? You should go see her. She's not very well. Who says? Family. And could oh, you... I say to them, I say, look, it's, it's hard. Hmm. You know? <laughs> could you, if it's your truth, and I don't know whether it is, and I guess that the truth belongs to the moment, say, do you know, I might not see her because I want the relationship that I have with her, with who she used to be, rather than who she's turning into. Do you have that right? Well, that's, that's my logic, mm. is if I don't see her, I'll remember her for what I want to remember her as. But then there's that nagging voice in my head that says, well, these are the last times you're going to be able to be with her. Mm. So no matter what the condition she's in, at least 
she's there so do you need to sit with her and hold her hand or just like feel your heart <sighs> while you're with her i just don't know i'm very lost mm. i'm very confused on the matter of what to do with and how to accept it i don't believe they can be a, a right or wrong they can only be following your heart and the only things i'd consider is um, possible regrets um, regret, regrets off going or regrets off not going and just feel your way with this you know break it down and feel your way with this jumble of choices and emotions and everything else what do you guys say I don't think there's a right or wrong answer either I think you just kind of and it'll be a day to day thing and you just feel your way forward with it and uh, you know, it might be an impulsive thing that one day you think well I've got to go and see her yeah. or or, or not and, and I think you just got to accept that you, you'll shift with it um, I mean I my experience with my grandparents was that um, all four of them I didn't feel any emotion to at all but and yet since then down the line I've been very emotional at aunts two aunts um, funerals and um, you know I, I just don't think you can predict it and I think that's part of the problem is it's that uncertainty about how you're feeling mm. how you're going to feel about it and um, I, I think my overall thing is though is if there are opportunities to to connect with them before they pass mm. I think those are really important times um, in whatever state they're in and, and you just have to kind of almost park your because you're watching them in terms of whether they're physically declining or whether they're mentally declining or both and, and you've just got to try and park that judgmental element of of that because that's that's that probably the hardest thing actually is when you see them yeah. and see that they're not very well mm. um you've almost got to put that to one side and try and connect with what's inside the, mm. the personality that you know mm. well it's hard because she's it's, it, you know she's suffering very badly from alzheimer's so every time i see her it's like yeah. there's just a little bit yeah. less every time you know yeah mm. which must be the worst because trying to tease that apart and find the personality that yeah you knew. that's still there mm. wait for um, the moment of connection knowing it might not even come well that's the thing it's less for you but who knows what she's experiencing on her side yeah. Mm. that's yeah. the thing that i think of mm. you know with one one of my grandmothers who you know passed away fortunately i had a video she was in hospital and i had a video chat with her and she died soon after but mm. you know my my aunt was able to tell me that, like, you know, she was so happy to hear from you. And in an odd way, and, you know, I hear, I've heard this from multiple people, they they speak to their grandchild or whoever it is that they really wanted to see, and then they pass away. Mm -hmm. It's like they need that for mm -hmm. themselves. So you never know what they're holding on to or what her side of the experience is. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I'm glad I have no regrets because mm -hmm. I managed to have the conversations I needed to have mm -hmm. and be present when I was. And, you know, it's... Uh, and is that your big loss to death? My big loss today. Um, to death. To death. Yeah. Um, like parents or. Yeah, I mean, well, last last year was a tough one. Right when I arrived in 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 uh, <coughs> London, it's like uh, my biological father, who I didn't grow up with, like, but he died, and and within a week, my grandfather died simultaneously wow. from the same sickness. And so it's like I was moving here, and then trying to acclimatized with this massive loss basically at the same time and so it's like like I really don't feel it feels like it was months until I actually felt like because because then it was weeks until the funeral and then mm. the funeral and and so much about death is is beyond 
me like there's the whole family like mm. death is about everyone mm. and mm. so it's not even about what i wanted or what i wasn't complete with or what i was gonna it's about my my mother and then about the larger family there's so much happening mm. um yeah so i mean that that was that was big but that was very big yeah because it was a double it ended up being a double funeral mm. and um and in a way, when my grandmother had died the year before that, and I had went and seen the entire family that's down in the Bahamas. Um, most of my family is in Bermuda, and Bahamas is like so far away, like it's you know four hours away on a plane. Like it's, we we don't see that family as often. Mm. So the fact that I'd gone there for my grandmother's funeral meant that I'd seen Gene, uh, my 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 biological father, and my grandfather. Mm. I'd seen them. A, Recently. Not even a year prior. Yeah. So it's like they were there were conversations the I, w I had with them that, thank God, I had those conversations. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I just don't know where I would you be. You would have regretted it so I, much. I yeah. would have had tons of regrets had, like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I had I missed out on that. Because I think uh, Gene being missing in my life for a significant period of time mm -hmm. was is, is something that needed to be resolved. And if he died and I would not resolved that, I guess you find another way to resolve it, but it would have been maybe I imagine it would have been harder mm. had I not been there for my grandmother's funeral, his mother's funeral, mm. and been able to have some conversations with him about death and about family and about responsibility and all of those things. That sounds so. huge, especially considering he was missing from your life so much. To be having these conversations sounds yeah. enormous. How yeah. did that affect your life? Firstly, meeting him, having these conversations, and then I guess recovering, for want of a better word, from the deaths. Well, so gosh, what was that? Last year was what, 2018? So 2017, my grandmother died. Um, yeah, I mean, it was big. I mean, there's so many things about Gene where, you know, like, I mean, I'm I'm lucky where where I have a stepfather, Rich, and he's he's my dad. That's mm -hmm. who I call my dad. He's been there for me uh, since I was eight years old, and I have so much respect for him. Even more so for not only marrying my my mother, but also marrying into a family, like basically adopting two kids as his own, and um, mm -hmm. just raising us with so much love and and compassion, respect, and intellect. He still teaches me so much about the world, so I, mm -hmm. I'm so lucky for that. I think that that's a, that's a strength and a rock that's in my life. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, if I think about him dying, or my, you know, like that's that's a whole different level of emotion. Like yeah. that's something I don't want to think about. <laughs> I want him around as long as possible, same as my mom. Mm. And um, not to say that Gene, as my father, isn't important. Um, it was important that I do, that I was able to forgive him, mm. because I think when I'd seen him in years passing, I saw him. Yeah, there was massive gaps in time when I saw him, but I just realized, I was just like, wow, you're not the person I expected. And this time around when my grandmother died, actually, if I wasn't, put, like, I actually had to evolve as a person because he wasn't intending on going to the fun to his own mother's funeral. Wow. And I was like, I, I literally, I'm like, I am flying. At that point, I was on my, I was visiting friends. I was in Spain at a, like a reunion with friends. Mm. And I was like, and I got this news about the funeral and then I had to reroute flights. I ended up coming through, through the UK and then going to Bahamas. There was a hurricane that I had to wait out. I waited in London while there was a hurricane. And then I, I'm like, I went on this journey to get here, to be here for this funeral. 
and you're potentially not you're talking about not even coming mm. and it's like and i have another brother and sister justin lauren who are there who haven't spent much time with me and i was like you would rob them of the opportunity to say goodbye to their grandmother and mm. it was a whole yeah so we had some there were intense conversations that were had but in the end he came which was, was so important on for me and just just him being there mm. um and i got to be with my with my brother and sister which was critical mm. um and uh, his new wife donna like she and i i think that was important i saw her there and then of course she and i have this a whole new level of relationship because this time around the funeral was Jean's funeral and, mm. and his father's and she's been the one that's organizing that. So now I have a new relationship with her. Can't remember where I had started with this, but um, but when it came to, I guess, 2017 and my grandmother's death, it was a sense of, I think the shift was one of me taking ownership and responsibility for my own story in mm. that. And I didn't have, I no longer had an expectation of him to be the father and that's it like that role of being the, re the father who's responsible and in charge and he's going to sort things out mm. i he wasn't that in my life and he certainly wasn't that in that moment so mm. i had to step up and i didn't make him wrong for it like it's just who he who he was was not somebody who who was going to take who was going to step up in this particular mm. situation i didn't make him wrong for it but i was mm. able to talk through it and sit down with him and just get to know him as a human mm. not as a as a per like as a mm. dad as a father as a as a something that projection, he wasn't so. as a projection of something yeah. he just got to be him and i think the last time i saw him i sat down with him and his and um and my aunt donna i just now recall my aunt his his wife donna mm. and we had this uh this conch salad and i that's the last time i saw him we just talked mm. about about life and and relationships and yeah and she's the word so complete on it you know, I was complete on it. So when, when he passed away, like it's the stuff that's still hard about it is I know how hurt my uh, brother and sister are about it. I know how mm -hmm. tough they're dealing with this loss and I wish there were more I could do for them. And, and I can't right now. I'm here and, you know, all of that. So I think that's where I still feel strong emotion is for the people who are left. Mm -hmm. um, and, and how can I be a support to them as a brother mm -hmm. um, in ways that that I that I'm not able to at the moment mm. so. it sounds like you had a real opportunity with him yes. for acceptance acceptance yeah. of what is and make peace with all the fantasies and needs unmet needs projections whatever it was uh, and that was your word earlier uh, James, it's like acceptance for me. Acceptance is always the first step. It's not necessarily the first step I take, <laughs> but it's the first step. Kevin, I um, I suppose the question that I had was 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 your um, biological father's death sudden uh, or was it expected? So yeah, it was sudden, sudden because completely I completely out of the blue. Yeah, mm. I kind of feels if if you're prepared or there's a period of time where the, the the parent or relation is ill or your friend or whatever then there's almost like a there's a grieving process that starts fairly early whereas mm. if it's sudden mm. you then suddenly kind of fall off a cliff and you're into the emotions very quickly mm. um you know one of my aunts um was 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 ill for a long time and the other one was her death was very sudden so so it felt very different between the two i think um so you have you know, almost like two years to kind of 
go through this grieving process every time you saw her she was declining the, the one that had cancer mm. and and so you prepare you're preparing yourself and you were having those discussions with members of the family in terms of how they were feeling about it mm. um whereas you know the other one uh, she was one, she was well one day and then the next day she she literally phoned left a message to say that uh, she wasn't very well and had to phone the the uh, the ambulance and the ambulance were taken into hospital and she got pneumonia and hmm. and then suddenly she got well the next day and then the next day after that she she died so wow um uh, so yeah you don't feel prepared for that and you know you, you just remember that person completely well and normal and then the next next time you don't see them again hmm. so um i think there is a big difference between hmm. the two types of hmm. passing really and have you had any big big deaths that you've had to navigate or deal with um i think um i said when my grandparents is very different um uh, although we spent a lot of time with them i didn't really feel a strong and emotional connection in in that way it was strange um maybe it was that time in my life when i was i was in my own bubble myself mm. so i didn't feel things as acutely as i do now um so my memories of, of those passings are very kind of um, non-emotional they're kind of matter of fact you know I can visualise this I, you know I, I was there for three of the funerals not one mm. um, and the the later uh, bereavements have been a lot more acute mm. and 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 more challenging to handle but I actually I feel better about that there is a sense of regret with my grandparents that actually well I question it now I think hang on a minute well what was it about your relationship with them that wasn't you know strong enough to for you to actually feel something mm. so i feel as if there was something wrong there that i, I didn't somehow connect with them in that that way mm. uh, and so my rationalization of that is that i must have been in a bubble mm. with that too busy dealing with my own stuff mm. or just not connecting to people at that level mm. um so there's a regret about that i think mm. um and I, you know i'm determined to not have that regret kind of going forward and I think I have done that really so mm. how great to you know in a strange way that you have that regret because in a way you didn't feel right or you know from your or society's expectations it wasn't there but again for that to be a catalyst for you to consciously choose to feel into mm. your relationships and open up to your relationships and be alive in your relationships yeah. Yeah, well, wow. I don't want to. I didn't want to feel uh, sort of numb. I think yeah. is the word. Yeah, mm. I think a lot of people walk around numb mm. because they don't really want to connect with the difficult stuff of their of their own. Mm. Because how can you connect to somebody around you and and grieve and love and and all the other emotions that without having to get real with your with your own stuff. Mm. Um, mm. So so yeah, it was important. I mean, my my mum and my dad both had kind of near death experiences, and. Um, I was very conscious during those 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 times. You know, my my dad went uh, on holiday and then suddenly got a really acute bowel infection. He had to have a, a quite a major operation, and uh, yeah, it was touch and go for 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 quite a while. Wow! And um, you know, I I remember walking into the hospital ward in Spain because they were they were overseas, mm. and flew out there, and you know, the just the love because you know my dad. I think he kind of thought, well, this is it, mm. you know, and, you know, I, I could just absolutely feel that, you know, mm. and the same for my mum. I mean, she had an op and, and there was probably a 48 
hour period where she she was really teaching on the edge and and my, I sat with my dad who was desperately trying to keep it all in and and you know come out with humor but you can tell with my dad you know when he's really struggling with that mm. and um and I I was really kind of very wobbly about that and I remember walking in with my dad to the hospital uh, room when my mum had come round finally and oh my goodness you know I was like I took I took a step back and watched them come together mm. because I think my dad realised at that point wow I wasn't expecting it. he sort of knew mm. instinctively and, th- and so he realised actually although my dad kind of doesn't show emotion there was a huge amount of love and emotion there and it was almost like as uh, to witness that was mm. just quite profound mm. you know to, to wit- witness sort of you know they've been married uh, 60 years now but beautiful it was it was stunning you know, I feel quite emotional so talking about it now it's just uh, you know it, it was very real and I actually think I was very privileged to actually see that and feel it mm. you know um, and to be allowed to be that maybe if your father shows you that yeah then how could you not be that no no <laughs> uh, exactly and also the 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 relief and feeling of the privilege that actually you know they almost died and they and they're still here yeah. basically so mm. you realize that that's not afforded to 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 you know for everyone you know plenty of people i know that have had sudden deaths in their family and and just you know it's just that kind of sense oh my god it's just gone you yeah know? yeah someone said to me recently um i'm scared of loving you more because when you go it might hurt more and i don't know if i can take that risk it's like that's not fair <laughs> but yeah. I understand that and I know I've been yeah and I've been in that situation with other people forget about death or not just like how much am I willing to open up and connect and love and share knowing that I might get the equal and opposite pain will I remain comfortably numb and survive life or will I risk love and pain and I guess that's kind of where it is and generally mm. I think I'm stupid enough to risk the love and pain um, and it brings me alive and it hurts well I think you have to <clears throat> you have to give to get right even if it's gonna mm. hurt you have to give to get but so. the love outweighs I think by far the pain the love is yeah it outweighs it by far it's and profound pain, like you said it's profound what about the pain when there is a, I find with a death, um, I think someone said it earlier, it hurts those who are left behind. Um, and I kind of broke it down that for me, whether it's a death or the end of a relationship, there's a part of me that wants to come alive that has nowhere to go. And it's that that dies. There is nowhere for that to be met. There's nowhere for that to be expressed. What do you mean? I'm a bit confused. So let's say um, if my best friend and I have a certain connection or sense of humor or we talk about something that other people can't or we meet in a place, you know, Mm. emotionally or we do something and then that person goes, maybe moves to another country or whatever, then where does that part of mine go? And that part of me that has nowhere to be met and come alive can really hurt. There can Mm. be such a grief, a helpless grief, that it's like that part of me is dead now. 
and it's got nothing to do with the person being alive or dead. It could be the end of a relationship with a girlfriend or with a best friend or even leaving work or something. Where mm -hmm. is this part of me that was inspired or challenged or just met at a sacred place of vulnerability or hilarity or whatever? I get that. No, I know what you mean now. Mm. Yeah. Having that, I, I would use the word common ground with someone. Where do I find that? Where does that common ground go? Yeah. If you lose someone. Mm. And you're right. Sometimes you can just lose it, can't you? you can just, it can just fade away, mm. which can happen from time to time. And I'll tell you what we have not done is the three-minute thing because we're still all over the place. But fuck no, me, yeah, I was going to so say valuable. I was supposed to tell you when your time was up. <laughs> wasn't it? I was about half an hour ago. We're about twenty. Yeah, we're yeah. about twenty minutes from that. So. Right. Yeah. So Bertie, we've all had to say. Do you have anything you'd like on, to say on death? Yeah. Um, Clock's ticking. Oh man. Well. <laughs> oh lord, I, look at that. It was uh, very similar with my grandparents to you, Kevin. It was like I just didn't feel much when. Uh, they passed, which confused me a lot because I was close to all of them, really close to all of them. Um, but I don't know. I guess I was I was younger, and mm. I don't know. Things make things felt different when I was younger. Um, I don't think it means that I didn't I wasn't connected to them. That's mm. that's the only thing. Um, and yeah, I've had. Um, uh, my my dad's had near-death experience of prostate cancer and he had it surgically removed and that was probably one of the toughest near-death near things I had to deal with. Um, just seeing my dad kind of helpless was the thing that, mm -hmm. you know, this guy who thinks he's going to be around forever and the big, tough, strong dad mm. um, kind of, you know, in bed, like, screaming in pain. Um, with a catheter and all that stuff that, and like frail and pale mm. um, being helpless to help the helpless person that you love mm. horrible situation yeah. right we have seconds I need to say one quick thing during this show it's really interesting to note when we have said you instead of I and when we've disassociated from whatever it is we're feeling so the it, the invitation is for people to be aware of that because I find generally people disassociate when it's personal uh, to avoid the feeling, to avoid the emotion and it's totally unconscious so it's interesting. In a group you'd probably be reminded or whatever um, and on that note it's time to go so thank you that has been exactly what I needed today so here we go